so much for the power of your name. Thank you so much for coming down and joining us today. We thank you that we are able to gather here and worship, Lord. We pray that it was a joyful noise into your ears and that you are pleased. We pray that you will please open our hearts, our minds, and our ears to what you are about to give us, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Praise God. Oh, there's nothing like the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Woo. I'm just, I'm just feeling his presence. He's inviting us in. There's so much more to him than we have any idea yet. And he is so patient with us. And he loves us so much. He's just inviting us in bit by bit for whatever we are ready for, whatever we are hungry for, whatever we are willing to enter into. And, whew. Um, we, have, we have a special guest today. Um, a lot of you guys probably know Mike and Chris Rambo. Um, they, uh, the Lord had them start the collective arts community, and um, I've had the privilege of getting to know them a bit since I've been up here in town, and and we got to minister together with with their choir and the dancing um, at One Fest yesterday, and it was just really an, an honor and a privilege. And um, this guy's the real deal, really spirit of excellence, spirit of worship, and just a huge heart to bring churches together, unite the body of Christ. You know, we all have our own local bodies, but we're still connected. And so um, they have such a heart for bringing more of the body of Christ together and then reaching the community through the arts. And um, anyway, so I just want to give a warm, let's give a warm welcome to Mike Rambo. Thank you, Brittany. Greetings, uh, brothers and sisters at Eau Claire Wesleyan. This is an honor and a privilege. Um, We are in the process of uh, being very intentional to communicate to the body of Christ across the Chippewa Valley what is happening at Collective Arts because we believe it's something very powerful and that you want to be a part of, and we want you to know how to do that. We also um, are in a process of seeing a change of hands. We had a, anybody know the book, uh, in in the the book of Daniel talks about Cyrus and how uh, Cyrus was actually um, an emperor of Persia and and God funds through uh, the church. He also funds through the government at times. Uh, He can do it however he wants. Um, but we're in the process of seeing that handoff. Um, just to, very briefly, um, we uh, about four years ago, so we've been operating as collective choir for a long time. Um, I started as a music director, and I've always just felt this push to bring the praises of God out into the public arena, whether it's the park or festivals, uh, municipal gatherings, um, because uh, we need to be sowing that seed, and the arts... The arts is one of the most influential platforms that we can have. Um, and so I just, I 
I always felt that itch as a music director and uh, kind of felt stuck inside of the four walls. And finally, God launched us full-time into this in 2018, where God actually started the, say, now is when you start to walk it out in 2014. So we're going to fast forward there. Um, St. Patrick, have anybody heard of him? Okay, cool, yeah. Neat guy. When he was basically considered to be done with his term with the Catholic Church. They're like, yeah, you know what? You probably don't have that many years yet. He had this sort of Macedonian call to go to the Irish people again. And they did a certain interesting thing. They had a missional community that they brought with them. It wasn't just one guy preaching everywhere, um, although he, he was, I'm sure he was a great preacher. But he went and they would just camp next to each of these tribes. And uh, they would go right to the leader and share the gospel. And sometimes the Holy Spirit would move and the leader would be like, yes. And because in a tribal culture, if the leader says yes, everybody's like, okay, that's what we're doing. And so then, then it would go from there. But if they weren't persuaded, the missional communities, maybe 40 to 50 people, would camp next door and they would trade and they would actually build walls around their premise and they would see uh, that, oh, these guys are different. And after a while, the tribes, people are like, actually, we like their way better. And, and then the leader would be like, okay, because we know the persuasion of, of observation and everything. Uh, but, but they would call it catching Christianity because it infuses every part of your life when you're under God's lordship. And so don't think your life is your own. Um, and, and anyways, as a missional community, that's what the church is. That's what you guys are. You're camping next door to all these people, um, whether at your work or everything, and they should see a peculiar people. They should see, hey, there's something different about this. When I exchange conversation or ideas, there's a, there's a flavor. And to be honest, sometimes it's very offensive. It says that the, the flavor of Christ is a scent of death to those who are perishing. And yet, and yet there is a longing uh, of the heart to be united in our purpose. Uh, but the, the warring faction is our rebellious spirit. <laughs> Who knows? You, we're sometimes very independently minded. Um, and that's, that's our bent. We're bent towards that. But thank God for Christ who has uh, just laid it all out there for us, for those who would believe in his name. So as an arts organization, we really consider ourselves an extension of the church to be camped out in our culture um, and then to be a beachhead, uh, a bunker, if you will, for the local church to be able to partake in the arts together and to go out. Um, I, have a, I have a couple slides that I want to introduce, maybe a couple of our projects. Are we ready on that? Sweet. Um, first of all, let's go back to that first slide. I just want to point this out. Um, <clears throat> we need to fire our interim uh, graphic designer. Uh, that's me. Um, <laughs> Uh, but uh, I always pass things through my, my better half, Chris, who couldn't be here today. They're resting. They always just had a very big week. Um, but uh, they, uh, yeah, she usually uh, improves everything about me. And, um, and so I've, this is just a note to you, you men, married men especially. Uh, just, just pass it through the eyes of your wife. They're, 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 they got good eyes and, and so... Good, good, uh, good uh, illustration. All right. 
All right, so the collective choir is what we really started with, and the vision of the collective choir as one of our projects um, was to put the kingdom of God on display. That's when we knew we were on target. This when people be like, when I see you guys, I just see the kingdom of God. We want to we wanna take whatever is in Eau Claire <laughs> in uh, the, the, the diversity of of the denominations that proclaim Jesus and the diversity of, of uh, socioeconomic status and of ethnicity and of age. We just want it all together. And we do it with the gospel and hip-hop music. And so who's heard the, the collective choir before? <clears throat> right. Good. Uh, and some of you haven't, but it's, it's, a, it's non-audition. We do want to help the community step into this missional posture. And so right now, at least in this run uh, that we've had, um, we've had about, uh, to my knowledge, 13 churches represented. Before COVID, there was a time we had 22 churches represented in our membership. And so we, we take pride in that. We want to put this display into our city and for people to see, no, God's church is one. And, and this is one of the things that we can do. <clears throat> we found it favorable that, praising God, there was uh, surprisingly some things we could still argue about. But, but the, the concept of praising Jesus, it was hard to argue about that. And so that was one thing that we found a very unifying factor. Let's go to the next picture. Oh, uh, uh, this young gal, I'm, I'm not going to disclose her name, but I, I, uh, she stepped in w- at the lighthouse when we were camped out there, uh, which are act now, actually. But the lighthouse was a drop-in youth center that we had helped out with, and then the choir would rehearse uh, a half hour interlacing with their time so that some of the youth might be able to be coaxed into singing with us. And she walked in, and this is at our Christmas party, and, and she, she just said, I have never actually felt the real love of God until I walked into this group of people. And um, so bringing the church to people, this is what we do. And that's very transformative. The love of Jesus is transformative. And so be encouraged. Even those little actions that you do for your neighbors or for the kid that you don't know who rides down the street on their bike— um, this has huge impact, and, and that's exactly what we see. Um, and, uh, and when we lift the name of Jesus, uh, he, he does his thing. Uh, let's go to the next slide. Okay, so the jam is our, our teenage music program. This has always been in my heart as a developer. I want to see teenagers grow in the skills of music. Um, and, and I believe that music is a, is a great tool. Obviously, it's nice to worship with music as, as one of the ways we do, isn't it? Would you say? Uh, let's just appreciate our worship team right now. Can we do that? <clears throat> um, and, and I just, it's such a blessing. And it's a language of heaven. Think about it. Organized sound. That describes hell as a place of outer darkness. Um, and and, uh, of weeping and gnashing of teeth. There's no organization there. It's very isolated and secluded. There's no no orchestration, except maybe of agony. But I just just think that language is actually a language of heaven, inspired by the Lord, and we get to enjoy it for all eternity. And... um, and so as a parting shot in my conversation with some musicians, um, I'm just like... Enjoy it while you can, you know, because their postures <laughs> away from Christ. Um, but um, 
uh, I just want to uh, uh, highlight a couple things. First of all, we've had um, a park outreach, we call it the Synth Station Galactica. Um, nobody else calls it that, sorry. Um, and uh, we engage conversationally with, with students, anybody in the park making music, but that's kind of our conversation piece to share the gospel and to talk about our hope. Um, then we have uh, guest artist series um, that we've videotaped uh, with different artists that come in. And then we have a weekly program. And we just finished, uh, we're finishing up on Tuesday, uh, a run with some of our musicians that we had an audition and gave them a taste for what it's like to be in a band for a summer. And um, we're, our hope is to catalyze them and give them a context for you can do this for the kingdom. You don't have to do this for the world, even though the world does a bunch of this. Um, We want them to understand first their their calling uh, heavenward and then to understand how as an artist I can hold on to that and I can demonstrate that. Even if I'm a jazz musician playing in a club or whatever it is, uh, but we're called to be ambassadors. And so that's, that's what we want to do. Let's go to the next slide. Yeah, Might in Motion dance. I never knew Chris would light up so much. Um, uh, When she started walking through the center that the Lord gave us downtown, and that's a great story. Um, But uh, walking through the center, uh, I just wanted her opinion, like I didn't get for the slideshow. Um, And... uh, yeah, uh, but she started walking through, and I saw her light up, and I, I knew God was calling her because she's like, we need to do this, and we need to do that. I'm like, what do you mean? And, and I just, at that point, I felt like God was graduating us into equally uh, yoked with this project, and so that was just so delightful. Uh, that's such a blessing, and it doesn't have to be that way when you're serving in the ministry, but, but for us, that's been a huge blessing, and so we started with one dance class in October, and all of our program is free because we want to be accessible to the families um, that might not be able to afford dance in this expression. Um, they, anybody in dance? <laughs> you know the costs. Um, but um, the focus of our output with Might in Motion Dance is to praise God with all our might. So it's very worship-focused, and often they have performed with the collective choir in a demonstration of praise when we go out. So um, we started with one class, then it was four classes after our spring concert, or our, our Christmas concert, and then it's four classes with a waiting list. And uh, some Summer was a little light, but we anticipate growing to expanding that. So let's go to the next slide here. Is that it? Oh, Table Family Theater. And Allie Finsky, is she in the house? There she is. Um, God brought her along last September. Because I'm like, God, if you are giving us this center, I can't do it. Like, we need other people, we need other staff. And along came Allie, who has also had a dream for a long time of being a part of an arts organization like this and using her gifts. So she's, she's uh, working, and we're praying through how we're using theater to engage. Theater's storytelling. And, and uh, stories were always used, you know, with the parables and things that we can relate to. And, and so she does that with great skill, um, both in the smaller context, in the short term, but also with larger productions. So we're praying about that. And so if, if you're like, I think I have a theater bug, then talk to Allie at the table. She's also our administrator for a lot of our communications. And so she's our other full-time staff right now. Um, and uh, we have some drama camps coming up. That's why I put that in there, right? Uh, for the bi- acting out the Bible. Um, oh, both adults and youth. Good. Shameless plug. All right. Um, 
And uh, you can find out that information at the table, but um, this is, I like having all these mediums to start to encourage the church and have each other uh, to see each other's giftings and give glory to God. And then we can uh, find synergy inside of that because of that one spirit and see what God does as we pour out creativity. Um, prophetically, I, f- I saw a vision of this well pouring out that bubbles forth. Uh, it's similar to the well that Jesus d- describes of the new life. It's, he says it would pour out of your bellies like riv- living waters. And that would to be to refresh and to transform the, the places that you walk, where you go. And so that's what we want to do through the arts. And so uh, um, thank you for, for that opportunity to share. I, I'm uh, going to be transitioning to just a word that I wanted to encourage you with, and I was praying about what to do here. Um, and at another juncture, I'm going to share how God... Uh, uh, put the art center in place and, and everything, but um, if you feel compelled to uh, be a part of that, just talk to us at the table, and, um, and we'd be happy to connect. Um, the topic that I would like to encourage you with, the, the, the word was first love. And so the first love um, comes, that concept comes from a letter that Jesus wrote to the church of Ephesus. The Spirit of God uh, wrote to Ephesus in the uh, city of, of Ephesus. It's a real city. It's a real church that they wrote to, but uh, this was intended for us as well. Uh, we know that because in Revelation 3 it says, Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written, because the time is near. So we have in it a type and that, that we can pray about and consider. And I just want to just encourage you, all of this activity, the collective arts, Wesleyan Church, other churches in the Chippewa Valley, it doesn't matter if we don't preserve the love in our relationships. You are probably familiar with the passage in 1 Corinthians, that whole love passage. It's just noise. So I wanted to encourage us to take hold of that first love that we had and that we will have, we can have. We were admonished to have and stay in this first love position with Jesus. I'm going to read uh, the words to the church in Ephesus. Write this to the angel of the church in the city of Ephesus. The one who holds the seven stars in his right hand and the one who walks among the seven lights made of gold says this. I know what you have done and how hard you have worked. Praise God. It's a lot of work. (laughs) You in the ministry, you in your vocations. God, it's not for nothing that you pick up after yourselves and do the dishes every day, that you're stewarding what God has put into it. God notices. It matters. It's a part of your worship. I know how long you can wait and not 
give up. Anybody can relate to that? You've been holding out for something you've been waiting for, maybe a prodigal or um, the end of a hard season. I know that you cannot put up with sinful men. Wow, there's a strong conviction for God's word. His word is true. We need to stand on that. These are great things. I know that you have put, uh, sorry, you have put men to the test to call themselves missionaries. It puts me on the spot. Um, you have found that they are not missionaries but are false. You've tested. You don't just take people at their word, but you compare it to the word, like the Bereans. They didn't take Paul just, oh, okay, cool, that sounds great. No, they, they, they looked at the scriptures and they found, no, this is right. If the Holy Spirit's moving in a mo- moment, he's not going to contradict the inspired, uh, revealed word of God. So, um, you have waited long and have not given up. And you have suffered because of me. Wow, They held on through persecution. That takes guts. You have not kept on, or you have kept on, and have not become tired. But I have this one thing against you. You do not love me as you did at first. Remember how you once loved me. Be sorry for your sin and love me again as you did at first. If you do not, I will come to you and to take your light out of its place. I will do this unless you are sorry for your sin and you turn from it. But th- you have this. You hate what the Nicolaitans do. I hate what they do too. Um, and I'm just going to pause there. You know, we don't like that word hate a lot, but um, when you hate what God hates, that's okay. But notice, it's not the Nicolaitans. It's what they do. And so it's, it's good to abhor things that, especially things that come in the name of Jesus, which is what is happening here with the Nicolaitans. Um, Nico in the Greek, just so you're not confused if you just are like, oh, the Nicolaitans, they sound like a bad lot. It's just, it's to subdue or conquer, and, and laos is where we get laity, it's people. So it's to subdue or conquer people. And how they were doing that is compared in the scriptures to, um, who's the talky, talky donkey guy? Um, anybody help me out here? Uh, we just read it. Um, but he was, he was persuaded by money uh, to try to please men and not God. Um, and uh, he said, I can't curse them, the, the Israelites, but he, he basically told them, hey, if you introduce sexual immorality and stuff, then, then they can't sustain the blessings of God. And so he led the church, and this guy, Nicholas, um, led the church into uh, converging with doctrines of the occult, and doctrines of sexuality and other things. He just mixed all these ideas. It says Jesus hates that. I told you what I want. I told you who I am. And I'm very capable of inspiring through the prophets and through the apostles. And so 
Um, that's just, just an aside, but I just didn't want you to be uh, confused. So you have ears, he says. Then listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. I will give the fruit of the tree of life in the garden to God and everyone who has the power and wins. Oh, everyone who has power and wins. So this is kind of sobering. Is it possible to fall out of love? I, I think it's a misnomer, right? Falling out of love. And I'm standing here as one who has experienced this in my own marriage. I, I, I'm not going to spend time right now to divulge all of that. But if any of you are married, you can know there's times where you're like, oh, is this really what it's supposed to be like? And then you're tempted to go into other routes and invest in other places. Um, and, uh, and I'm happy to share my testimony. If you're going through a time where you're in those doubts and questions, I want to encourage you after the service or whatever. So just talk to me, talk to my wife, and we're happy to talk about that season. But um, love, love. I want to appeal right now to human relationships because uh, this isn't the authority of it, but I will say on behalf of the Word of God that Jesus uses human relationships to help us understand more what our relationship with God is like. And so, like he says, for example, uh, you parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or ask for a fish, you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you who are evil, oh, thanks. Good reminder. Uh, if you who are evil, do you start conversations that way? That way? Uh, well, if you're Jesus, um, uh, you know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to him who asks? So, so he uses husbands and wives to say, it's not complete, it's a mystery, but this is the closest thing that we have as a depiction of God's love for his church with the bride um, and with Jesus, the groom. And so... Uh, there's also our Heavenly Father that he, he taught us to refer uh, to the Lord with, and parables, of course. So, um, so I am going to appeal to our human relationships, and I'm going to do so, and, and I don't mean to slight you singles, um, but I'm going to do so in the context of a dating relationship um, for the rest of our time. And I'm going to go through this pretty, pretty, pretty quickly. But... Um, we're not talking about efficiency. Uh, we're not talking about um, getting good at something. Because it, 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 it doesn't, like, you can get really good at your work and it's not going to take you as much time. But work is different than relationships. Um, and sometimes we look to become efficient with relationships and we're actually cutting corners on foundational principles. It doesn't say Jesus ran through the streets. He, he walked, you know, among us. And I think that he took time for these relationships. And if we're followers of Jesus, we need to be very concerned if we get wrapped up in hurry. Um, otherwise, it's a race to the bottom. I have more relationships. Praise the Lord for Facebook. Now I can have 1,500 relationships. No. No, even, even secular uh, social uh, studies people say generally we have about 150 in our life at any one time. Uh, meaningful relationships, and then you re reduce it, and they, no joke, reduced it to 12 as far as you really tighten it. Uh, and this is, this is secular. 
Um, and then, then uh, I read leadership books. I get a little nerdy on some things like that. But I think it's really interesting uh, that at least. But anyways, um, I want to talk about two love killers and then I want to talk about what we can do to keep in mind as we seek to hold on and, and maybe rediscover our first love for the Lord. Two love killers, loving other things more. Mark 4.19 says, But the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and they choke the word and it proves unfruitful. You might have heard these words from that parable that Jesus teaches about the sower and it landing on different soils. And I think in America, we have a very weedy culture. You're in it. <laughs> so you, you can choose to pull the weeds and not get choked out. Um, but the weeds are going to be there, especially in America here. So um, just when we love those other things more, how do you spell love? Well, well uh, one author spells it T-I-M-E. I think you can also spell love T-R-E-A-S-U-R-E. Treasure. <laughs> I'm not good at oral spelling. Um, and resources. Religion is not a bad word. It's just a thing to which we ascribe or, or reserve the utmost of our time and care and resources. So if you say, I'm, I'm not religious, I'm just spiritual. Well, frankly, sir or ma'am, your religion is yourself. Or your religion is some other thing. Everyone's religious. It's just who are we going to worship? And so uh, when we let these other things, be, and it doesn't happen all at once. It's just like, ah, I got five minutes. What am I going to do? I'm going to pull up my phone. I got five minutes. Uh, you know, I'm pretty tired this morning. I'm not going to get up and read the Bible, but I'm, I'm going to just do a quick daily devotion app here. It happens in all those little tiny compromises. Definition, uh, so I, I, I shared that. So the second love killer, not following his commands. So that's, uh, that's, a, re that's a problem we have. Um, rebellion. We are prone to wander, as the hymnist writes. In John 14, 15, it says, If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Thank God. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being with us. Hallelujah. 1 John 5, John was, was really big on this. Uh, because when he's doing a lot of his writing, he's an old man that sees initial fall away in the church. And he's trying to correct this. He says, Everyone who believes in, that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of him. By this we know that we love 
the children of God when we love God and obey his commands. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. And his commandments aren't burdensome. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes in Jesus, the Son of God? And I will just point out, as I was praying, the Holy Spirit brought Malachi to my mind. I'm like, oh, what's uh, Malachi, Malachi. Turn to chapter 3, and what does he say? Uh, This is just a measure of of this, but he says, um, ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you will ask, how are we to return? And if you're familiar, uh, read through Malachi. There's all of these questions uh, uh, that Malachi asks of the people. Uh, it's, it's great. But there's a measure of the things that touch God's heart. And part of it is our, our, our funds, our resources. Are we following God's command? But are we also following love in our resources? Helping one another? That is life-changing. It's like, uh, I don't know, okay. And then you start to be released from self. You start to deny yourself and experience God's true life. Um, that's great. Uh, so I just, the other, the other thing, I don't want to over, overlook in the commands, the commission, are we sharing our faith? Maybe it's been like a summer or a year or five years or ten years or maybe you have never shared with somebody about your hope in Christ, but guess what? If we do it, God's going to see an open mouth that is talking about Jesus and he's going to say, oh, I'm going to move there. And it might be awkward. Uh, so uh, I've, been meaning, I've been meaning to talk. Do you, do you like speakers? And then, you know, you might have to wade through it, but God is with you when he sees a heart that's moving to glorify his name. He's with you. Guess what? He's commissioned us. And so, so, um, so definitely take a move. And you will see God move. And your heart for God, if you're doing that, if you're sharing with somebody every week and you come into this worship service, you're going to be praising like nobody else. I mean, you're going to be like, yes! <laughs> because cause when we sow seeds, sometimes we get to reap. Sometimes we get to see the actual physical transformation happen before our eyes as the word of faith comes into people. Sometimes we don't. And sometimes we get to reap what other people sow. But it's such a privilege. And I think if we just didn't lose sight of this big, big, big thing that we're supposed to be all about, uh, it's so easy in our activity to lose sight of that. So I'm just, I want to wrap this up. I know that we're maybe running over from what you're used to. Um, so, all right, good, thank you. I'll try not to cheat this, but what now? And there might be, there might be some other love killers, but, uh, uh, but I just want to, I, I want to just talk about what we can do as a word of encouragement. First of all, if you are feeling this lack of love that Jesus talked to the church of Ephesus about, I think it's important to identify, what did Jesus call it? And that's not rhetorical. What did Jesus call it? Uh, well, the first love, thank you. Yes, but Jesus actually called it sin. <sighs> 
I mean, we're doing all these things, right? We're working hard. You said we're holding out, and I'm sinning? It's something to pray about, to think about. It's error. It's, I mean, sin is what? It's, it missed the mark. It didn't hit where we were intended. And so, I think, first of all, we confess it. Confession isn't, isn't saying uh, uh, necessarily sorry right away. It's, a, it's simply agreeing with God. That's what confession is. Yup, you're right. I, I, am sin- I have sinned in this, in this way, God. I agree with you. That's, that's true move of the Holy Spirit. And that's part of what the Holy Spirit does, right? It convicts the world of sin, of, of righteousness through Jesus, and of the coming judgment. That's, that's the work of the Holy Spirit that he's accomplishing through us and, and through the word that we speak and, and on behalf of Jesus in this land. So confess and then repent. Repent is a change of mind, saying, I'm just going to... I'm going to commit myself other ways. James writes to the church, Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Let's pray. I'm just kidding. No, I'm not going to leave you with that. Um, um, but change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Hum- humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. We can't downplay the importance of fervent love for the Lord because there's a lot of things that we can become in and a lot of uh, p- things we're going to miss out on if we don't change our minds. Okay, So admitting and confession and repentance. The second thing, schedule time to talk with God. Schedule it. If I don't schedule a date with my wife, it gets gobbled up with, oh, we're going to go off and play. We're going to go do this. Schedule time to be together. We have a lot of things going on. Um... And, uh, and I just think that, that it shows intentionality. It's not irreverent or it's not, what do I mean, like uh, disingenuous. Is that a word? Sounds good. Sounds like a good word. <laughs> to say, this is important enough for me to write it down and I'm going to set an alarm and we're going to do this. Um, I had a friend who would set an alarm and she would just be talking and it would go off and be like, oh, got to go. What are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> she, that's her time. That's her time. Okay. Um, praise and thanksgiving and worship. That's one of the ways we spend time with God. Uh, during the pandemic, I tried to encourage people. And I remember writing in my journal, I was trying to get people to praise God for seven minutes a day, like seven-minute abs. Just change your day. Just praise him. And just say, see what it does in your life. I was, I was trying to encourage people. And then, then I, the conviction of the Holy Spirit came to me. And I, I remember reading in my journal recently, um, you are praising me a lot in front of other people. Do you do it a lot by yourself? <laughs> uh, we don't have to talk about that. <laughs> um, so uh, praying for others. We're, spo- we're act- actually told to pray for others. And I think that is time to, to be talking with God. Listening 
to God. A part of that's in the scriptures. Love letters. When you were first dating people who have dated, if someone wrote you a text or a letter, did you just like read it once? Oh, that's, that's cool. And then delete it or, or just put it aside. It's like, ah, oh, sweet. Uh, she wrote that. I, I'm going to read it again. Just because it's like, uh, that's awesome. And I, I think that's the fervency. Like when we open up the scriptures and we see God has written to us and it's intended for us to know this. It's intended for us to see him. And I can just say, Lord, I'm, I'm coming in. Open up my eyes to see what you have for me today. It can be just very, very exciting. And it might not start that way, but start and you will start to see it open up. And just being with God, without an agenda, go to the woods, walk, talk to him, listen, sing, whatever. But, but sometimes just unstructured time in that scheduled time. But then, then unscheduled time, sneak away with God. Steal away with Jesus. Like, like if you're in a dating relationship and you just like kind of get antsy and it's like, I'm going to go just, I know I'm in a conversation, but I'm going to just text Hey, miss you. I'm thinking about you. What do you do with your five minutes? Do you sneak away and play um, Candy Crush on the phone? I'm just saying, like, oh, God, I only have a couple minutes for a second, but I just, wanted to, I just wanted to be with you. I just wanted to talk. This intentional posture of just, I'm going to sneak away three times today. <laughs> just get a habit. And then it starts to become part of our mindset. Psalm 63, you, God, are my God. I earnestly seek you. I thirst for you. My whole body longs for you in a, as in a dry and parched land where there's no water. I have seen your sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. I will be fully satisfied as with the richest foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. On my bed, I will remember you. And I will think through the watches of the night. So, so take those times when you're, to, to be with him. All right, last, love his kids. Okay? Love his kids. We're to love one another. So... Um, uh, especially the saints. We're to love all people. We're to, to, to treat them um, as God would have us. Um, but I just want to encourage you with that. Um, look up Galatians 6.10. Look up Matthew 25 where he's, he tells us, wait, come you who are blessed of the Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Just think about people's needs and, and we just need to stop our agendas and our busyness and be like, you know what, I need to love right now. All right, um, Yes, feet washing. Jesus washed our feet and said, you need to do this. And um, I, I showed you an example of, of how to serve one another. All right, the last thing I'm just going to say is give him gifts. If you're dating, I got this thing for you. And God will be, as Tozer says, uh, I think six pence none the richer. It's like a little kid that gets six pennies and he goes and buys his dad a, a toy, and the dad's like, sixpence, none the richer. But how much joy that is when the, his kids are giving him gifts. 
It could be to help somebody else, sacrificial giving, joyful giving. Um, it could be, you know, with, with, with extra, extra things or blessing others. Or maybe setting aside something that you cherished for a season to say, God, I would have done this, but I want to have a season to be with you. I hope that some of these words would give you some practical insights, and I hope that you'll take them to heart as well. A love for God is kindled every second. It's not something that, oh yeah, I've been saved, sanctified for 25 years, 40 years, 55 years. Cool. I'm so glad. How is your love for him now? So, so, so be encouraged, and I am praying that we would have this time together. Um, you know, um, I'm, I don't think I'm going to do the song today, um, just for time. Uh, but, uh, what's that? Do, you, do us a song? Okay. Do, do a song. <laughs> well, if, if you're in back and you're like, ah, they said it. They said it. I wanted to teach you a song. It says to encourage each other daily with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. That's one thing that I get to do is encourage a community in this way. I want to teach you a song we do with the choir, but it's a simple song. I want you to learn and sing to yourself, sing to the Lord, and remind yourself of the love that you have. And it goes, it's really simple. It goes like this. Falling in love with Jesus falling in love with Jesus falling in love with Jesus is the best thing I've ever ever done you sometimes just need a simple message to remind you of these amazing truths. So let's try that together. Ready? We're going to sing it two times. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love. With Jesus is the best thing I've ever, ever done. One more time. Let's sing it out. Falling in love with Jesus. Yes. Falling in love with Jesus. Be bold. Just raise your hand if this is true. Yes. Falling in love with Jesus is the best thing I've ever, ever done. Amen. Well, maybe you be encouraged and may God's grace and peace be with you. Let me pray. Lord, in Jesus' name, we just we thank you for everything that you did while we were still enemies. That is when you laid down your life for us. Who does that? You do. 
And we thank you for the gift of grace that you have given us, both to know your salvation, but also to be trained in your salvation. Lord, increase in us, we pray. Increase our love for you as we take time to know you, as we take time to uh, listen for your commands, to schedule time, to sneak away with you, to love our brothers and sisters in Christ, and to give you blessings and gifts. Lord, uh, not because you need them, but because we love you and we love being in relationship with you, that we can boldly approach your throne of grace, that you have torn down every hindrance, everything that would have kept us from being able to approach your holiness, and you've called us holy by your precious blood of Jesus. And so, Lord, we thank you for this, and we commit our, our hearts and minds to you. Amen.